Welcome to Blabbering. A week-by-week glimpse into a couple stumbling through life with a newborn. I'm Tilly. And I'm Dan. Each week over dinner, you'll learn Tilly is quite the feeder. We'll discuss the realities of raising our baby, talking through the highs, lows and honest confessions of this thing called parenting. Parenting won't be easy, but let's at least laugh about it. This This is Blabbering. Blabbering. (laughs) Welcome to week six of Blabbering. Been an exciting week. Just now, we're 15 minutes into the recording. After an hour and a half of me trying to set it up, she was yeah. now got the hiccups. She was asleep before, but we've we used up that window. She keeps uh, waking and just wanting to latch, but not actually wanting to to drink. So that's fine. I'm now being headbutted. But this week we have a delicious chicken and chorizo pie. That is because it was my birthday. Yep, daddy's 30. Yep, and so I got to choose dinner. So I went with creamy chicken and chorizo pie with mashed potato. Yeah, all the dairy. And double carb. Snoring tonight. Yeah, so you're 30, which is weird now, isn't it? You know, we've been together pretty much all of this decade. We started dating when we were 21. Not quite. I had one good year beforehand. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> one wild year. Whoa. No, you didn't have a particularly wild people. Particularly when it came to romance. We had our first relationship with each other, weren't we? Yeah. I did a few flings, but never anything worth committing any time to until I met this man. Although I shovel pie in my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been funny, isn't it, reminiscing sort of about how much things have changed. You know, when we first started dating, we were yeah, 21 at university. No responsibilities, really. Other than to, to get a degree. Well, that's what I think is the mad one, Mark. When I look back... <clears throat> Kind of getting married, people always go, oh, it's such a big commitment. And I kind of think to myself, well, yeah, I'm committing to to looking after you, but that's not really that hard. Like, it's not like you need much. So it's, it's more supporting and helping you grow. It's yeah. Not really... Whereas then, like, having a kid is just a whole other thing. So now, kind of when I want to, I was just thinking about this the other day, there will be very few opportunities for whimsical fun. Whim- what do you mean by whimsical fun? Spontaneous. Okay. Spontaneous and just, oh, let's just go do that. Not kind of like, you know... Yeah, this, isn't, this isn't a period of spontaneity. No. No. Well, that's fine. Yeah, it is. It's just... We'll have that again. We will. It's more because, I guess... So, for my 30th, Tilly, you went and stayed at your mum's. and so that Yeah, I... my gift was a baby-free night. Yeah, so I got to go out and go on a pub crawl with my friends, knowing that I could go home and just sleep. Yeah. Which was great fun. Absolutely loved it. But that obviously was planning. Yeah. Like, there's, I can't just go on a session anymore. Whereas, back, back like... Two months ago, I'd have just been able to text you and just sort of say, "You're right." If I, you know, 
go out to the boys tonight or whatever. Yeah. And that would be fine. Yeah, I mean, so true. I mean, most of the time I'd still be okay with it now, to be honest. Like, But I'd feel very guilty. Yeah, but also, how often does that actually happen? No, not very often, but there were times. But then the other factor is level of inebriation. Like, what if I'm needed? Before, I'm not really needed either. Yeah. So, for example, I remember there was a day when I got absolutely hammered on a bank holiday Monday. Uh-huh. The rest of my week suffered real badly. But at the end, at the end of the day, I could get absolutely hammered on a Monday because I knew that I wasn't going to be needed. Yeah. Whereas now, I feel, I feel like, yeah, if I was to call you and go, oh, are you happy if I, you know, go out tonight? Mm-hmm. And... There's always kind of this thing in the back of my mind that's like, what if something happens, I'm going to... I mean, I guess that was still there when you were pregnant. Yeah. Still got bladdered and ended up on the hosp- in the hospital on the wrong day, didn't I? I think we can fall into love with making these things bigger than they are. Like, she's just... I think what it is now is that you have more of a consideration. You have to consider more. It doesn't mean you can't do these things. Yeah. But I mean, like... Like I said, it, it doesn't happen often when you suddenly get asked to buy a boy's phone night out in a way. So, actually, on those odd occasions, you might as well still go. Yeah. And just accept you're going to feel shit for a few days. I guess what I more mean is that, like, afterwards, I've got to step up. So, you know, before, if I was feeling really hungover, I could just, you know, go, go feel sorry for myself and yeah. back on. Whereas... Saturday morning, you kind of come back and you're like, "Well, I haven't, I didn't manage to get any sleep," and so I'm like, "Oh, okay, I better, you know, I, I need to help, help more, like be more, and and take as much moonbeam as possible so that you can have more rest." Yeah. And usually, I'd just be like, "I'm feeling horrible. Au revoir, off to bed, or I just want to watch stuff in front of the telly or whatever." Yeah, which is what we did do. No, it is, but what I mean is I'm I'm trying to to support more yeah. where previously I could just lick my own hangover wounds. Hmm. But I also think, yeah, that's true. You can't just be like completely self-involved with it. But you've still got to wallow and watch TV and do, you know, do all things of a hangover. You've just got baby added into it. I agree, it's obviously different. But... Well, I think it's just a mindset. I don't think it changed that much, like, what I did. Like yeah. say, we we did the same things. It was just that there was more to consider. So it was like, okay, let's take her for a walk at different times, get her back to good sleep. Let's, you know, get up, change some nappies, make bottles, yeah. these sorts of things. Whereas before, you just kind of vegetate hours on end. Yeah, you know, it is. It's a bit different. It's nowhere near as different as I would have thought, but it. I I do agree. I'm 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 potentially making it out to be something bigger than it is. Do you think it's more that you're doing that thing that I know you do sometimes? And also, I think lots of people do. We are sort of romanticizing, glamorizing past of those roasted views of what used to be. I've lost that now, and so suddenly that becomes a bigger thing than actually it is. What do you mean? I was always out on the sesh. <laughs> had such a social life. Just spontaneity everywhere. 
Yes. Overflowing spontaneity. You're a wild thing. I definitely think I am. It's not. I'm not saying that I can't do those things as if I used to do them. No, I'm no. saying that I've lost the option to do them in the same way that I could. It's not that I just can't do them. It's just yeah. like you say, they take a lot more consideration. So, yeah. so, 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 like I said earlier, it's it's those things now need to be planned. Yeah, they do have to be more considered. Parenting before, like parenting doesn't have to stop you doing things. It's just, you just you just think differently about how you do things. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it's also important that we're very lucky in that the, we're both a team who's aiming to further her life, but also look after each other. Yeah. So we really can lucky. take slack for each other if something important or something fun comes up for the other one. Yeah, and if the other one's just overwhelmed or tired or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, there's that Brené Brown thing she talks about with her husband, they do, where they comment, they'll be like, they'll sort of say, what percentage they've got? And she might be like, I've got 20%. And they'll be like, okay, I've got 70 I've got you, don't worry. Couldn't do that, because we'd always come through the door and I'd be like, I'm on 10, I'm on 20. And you'd be like, oh, all right. But also, I'd just be like, no, you're not. <laughs> Fuck your ideas, I'll miss it. But yeah, well, like, there might be times where they're both like, I've only got 10, and, then, and then he's only got 10. They're like, okay, how do we navigate this? But it's always that conversation of like, how do we make this work? If it's a day where one of you's got more, like, more to give and the other one's got less to give, then you take the reins. And I think that's just what it is at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. There's going to be days where I'm struggling more, you're struggling more, because we're tired or whatever, or a reason, you know, hush your day. But as long as we keep talking and we're there, and we, and we, like you said, we're a team, we support each other. On the days we both got nothing to give or, or like very little to give, then we just we get through it. We make a plan and just go through it. Yeah, we're very good at that. Just head down, get over yourself. Exactly, your favourite saying. <laughs> yeah, if, if something we, I'm not we, great at doing. But yeah, I think it is interesting thinking now about going into our thirties in the next decade. We have twenties, which is it? That was the end of the day. Like it's, it's a massive decade of change. You really evolve in your twenties. You go from basically being, I know you're technically an adult, honey, but you're not. A fully fledged grown up. I think you go from being that, you know, hopefully becoming an adult. Not everyone does. Some people still go to the 30s quite childlike. But you hopefully you know who you are. I think, I think that's definitely how I feel. I feel like at the beginning, I was, you know, a teenage version of myself. I'm still growing. I know myself. You're always still growing and evolving, but I think I didn't fully know who I was, or wasn't confident who I was completely. Yeah, I think there's, you know, going back to that rose-tinted thing. There's a lot of things that I wish I'd done, but realistically, would I have done? <laughs> like now, I've realised that I'm going to get a lot less free time, and I go, oh, I wish I had done more skiing, mountain biking, these sorts of, you know, activities that might take a day, might take a week, but now once you've got kids, you've really got to consider how you do them. Like, it's really hard to go skiing with a, with a baby. Supposedly the Swiss don't like that. I think the French are a bit more loose. Okay, so if you Or just go to Eastern Europe. Yeah. Probably get... 
we'll just take it in turns. Let's be honest, it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a long time until we've got the stamina to do a full day skiing. So just you know, one of us just half day and the other baby. So we swap around. Or we'll make one of those like um, little kids who's like three and skiing down a mountain. I'd love to if we go skiing enough. But um <laughs> But yeah, it's that sort of rose tinted look back of kind of I should have done those things and I didn't, and now it's so much harder. Yeah. Would I have done those? You know, the fact that I could have and didn't. What do your answer is, really? Yeah. yeah. There's lots of things that, you know, you could have done and would have been nice to do, but it's just your priorities, isn't it? It wasn't ever your priority. Yeah, and I, I try and remind myself that, like, you get those. One of my colleagues reminded me of this. He, he just sort of said, you know, being a parent, just makes people more of who they are if you're somebody who always loved traveling you'll find a way to do it irrespective of the fact you've got a baby there's people who say oh i like traveling but then don't do it weren't really that sort of into it it was just kind of a a, a fun pastime it wasn't wasn't more important than anything you know it wasn't like close second to family or whatever yeah so I guess that's, you know, that's more the thing. It's like, there's this idea which I would love to go do loads of adventure things. But the idea of having a lovely family and a lovely home is far more higher in my priority list. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're both like that. We're obviously both like that. <laughs> we both want to do what we have achieved. I think, you know, one thing that is important to us and we have always done is... is bettering ourselves and each other and so I think that will continue that's already continued in how we approach our parenting and like you know even in doing this podcast we're doing it because we want to you know help talk through the process that we're doing help hopefully other situations you know better ourselves as partners and parents and even just air stuff like this yeah and so that's probably why you know that that was a priority before and it's still a priority, priority now for us I think that will only grow in, in its importance. Our dog's trying to get my food. But if you hear uh, this loud to, breathing... To block him. Go headlock. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of snorting to try and get it. I met you early on in my 20s. Oh, yeah. I think... It's, it's not that I would change the timeline. No, I would no, just try and improve the quality of the times. Yeah. Yeah, I know you know it's saying like changing that sort of thing, but I think it was beneficial meeting sort of like our life partner so early on in that period of transition and change. Because it meant I think you figure out quite quickly whether that's going to be a person that you grow with. Yeah. Or not, thankfully for us, at least so far. Yeah. It has been. And it means you build that life together as well. You go through those changes, you know, we graduated and then we built life together in London and we moved and got a house, got a dog. We built what we wanted our life to be. Yeah. Rather than having to slot someone else into it. Yeah, yeah. and I guess that's the thing people face later in life. And that's probably the reason why you have people of different sort of ages. You know, you get somebody, who, a lady in their late 30s marrying a bloke in his you know, mid-40s or whatever, just because the biological elements work differently. 
But I don't think we'd have ever... Well, I guess we could have been those sorts of people. You can just be incredibly unlucky, can't you? We were very lucky. Oh, yeah. Dating is a lot of luck. It's luck and timing, really. You can meet a person that's right for you at the wrong time and it won't work. Yeah. You know, we, we knew each other for what? A year and a half before anything happened? Uh, yeah. Nothing really changed. What's that? With sort of like how we interact with each other. It just, you know, obviously it came to a point when we were ready. Ready. So we looked at each other differently. But I was having this conversation with my sister the other day about dating, and I was just saying, well, I don't envy anyone dating right now. It's complicated. Oh, 100% no. And I do get why people want to, you know, I do massively get the benefit of meeting someone early on in your adult life. I think it's, I think it's a combination of things. I think we're very fortunate in that we both believe that there are very few problems that require us to try and replace each other. And I remember you saying that really early on, actually, in our relationship. I think we've been together, like, you know, we said love you by this point so we, we were obviously committed to each other yeah. there's neither of us people that would say I love you without putting me in it because I remember you saying when we were in Bulgaria I was teasing you about something about loving me you were like oh I probably do but I'm not going to say it until I know for sure like until I, I miss you and I knew sort of then I was you know that meant when you said it to me it was something you'd considered it wasn't just you going oh I love you you, you, know, you wouldn't have said it until you'd thought about it do I really think this yeah. How, do, how do I know I really feel this way? Which, of course, I then Googled multiple times, found lots of different articles on what it means to how you know when you love someone. Yeah, of course you did. Absolutely. Lorty. <laughs> but, you know, when you told me, I knew you meant it. I said it meant so much more. And so, yeah, you know, by that point, I knew we were committed to each other. And I remember saying to my friends, I think we'd been dating like four or five months, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to marry him. Like, this is the guy I'm going to marry. And they're like, what? I was like, I'm not saying I'm marrying him now, but that's where I see this going. I remember us talking about futures and stuff. And you, were, you, you saying, well, I don't really see any reason why we wouldn't. Like, I don't see any reason why we would, we would break up. There's very little that I feel we couldn't get through or, like, would, would be a reason why we would separate. Yeah. And I think this is also perpetuated by this idea of Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, you know, the one for you is that you think that, oh, if there's some sort of small problem, they yeah. must be not the right match. Yeah, we're taught the wrong things about love, aren't we? Whereas you and I, you know, we're very fortunate in that we have very few big arguments, but when we, when we disagree on anything, our first reaction is that it must be our fault. And, and we, we, as neurotic... As neurotics, we straight away try and think, okay, what did I do wrong and how do I change it? Yeah. And so, you know, there's not this kind of, like, argument that then leads you to thinking, oh, would I be better off without them, if you, if you get what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, I do, I do know what you mean. 
Yeah, I think we probably think both of us believe that there isn't the one. There's plenty of people that could be right for you. But all of them are going to say work. I think we're quite realistic in our outlook of love. Yeah. I think, I know, we both think that love is a verb. It's a doing one, it is active, it's not passive, it's not just happens to you. You have to put in the work. Like falling in love, incredibly easy. It's lots of chemicals and euphoric feelings and emotions and it's you know quite intoxicating what it can be but staying in love it's graft yeah. as unsexy as that sounds it is you've got you've got to put in the time and the work and, it, and understand that person isn't perfect neither are you you're both flawed humans therefore you're not going to always make each other happy you're going to piss each other off sometimes and upset each other and have differences and opinions and wants but as long as remain believing that you do want to be with them you're willing to put both willing to put in that work yes for most things yeah i think that's the important thing is that you know i look at people who get who i know from work who get divorced sort of in their late 30s early 40s or or mid you know that period sort of late 30s and 40s yeah, and it's because they can't. They just grew in their career, and they neglected their relationship, while their partner either wanted to grow the relationship or grew in their own other way. And then, if you don't kind of have that combined base that you're growing in, yeah, you eventually grow apart. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's very easy to do that. I think both of us. It's very easy to get obsessed with our careers and focus just on that. But I think, I think, thankfully, because we're both like that, and also both aware of not wanting to be like that, and understanding that we do want to prioritise and our family, we be quiet from each other and vocal about that. We saw what happened. Yeah. yeah so there's been jobs that, need, that both of us could have taken their turn down. You know, it wouldn't have been a very good balance for us. Well, mainly you turn them down. Me, I've just not applied for the ones that I know. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have got them, but just haven't applied. Well, some jobs I've not applied for, I've been approached for. Turn them down. I suppose had different things to have been, but yeah. I did turn them down. Oh, well, I thought Moonbeam wouldn't be here if... Mama was PT in Dubai. Oh, chefing in Dubai, wasn't it? Yeah. It was combined. Yeah, it was. PT in... Well, there's a couple of things, but there's quite a lot of jobs to get off that come from Dubai. It's a lot of money, isn't it? And the fact... Dubai, was it? Oh. It was both. It was for... It was because women... There was some strict women, strict Muslim women weren't able to have a male PT, wasn't it? Someone, no, they wanted, they wanted to be a living chef and personal trainer, wasn't it? Oh, okay. So one, of them, one of them was. So the safety aspect of it being a, a woman. Yeah. Because it was meant to be like 24-7, six months. <laughs> and get paid a quarter of a million or something disgusting. 120k. <laughs> That's not that much. 120k for six months work? Yeah, but it's not six months work. It's like a year and a half. Yeah, but come on, still, you wouldn't be spending any when you're out there. Yeah, still. I'd definitely take it if I hadn't been with you. 
Yeah, yeah. I know you would. But now oh, I'm looking at it with the opportunity <laughs> cost and I'm saying, no, yeah. there's not enough money. Like, considering that I wouldn't have any time to myself or, you know, to do things that I like. You I mean, what is there to do in Dubai, really? And go to the infamous Dubai world and spend the money that you're trying not to spend. Look at cars. I do love cars. Look at materials. I'm very materialistic. Yeah, the material people. I would like people to watch I don't know, I feel like they're pretty carbon copies of each other. Maybe we should go, go someday. We've been to the airport. We have, yeah. You nearly, you nearly missed the flight. Well, yeah, because you weren't fucking paying attention. And then I was trying to, like, beckon you, and you guys were just wandering over. And the, and the, the gate guy was like, you do realise I will leave even though I can see them. And I was trying to get you guys to rush because you were on the other side, like, right on the horizon on the airport. And I was waving at you and throwing all the army hand signals. And you guys were still just, like, traipsing over. And he was like, I will. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Run over there. And I also didn't get in. I was, I was going to leave you, just go to Thailand. <laughs> I made it, didn't we? All wells end well. I don't think giving you a handy on the plane to wake up for us. Because <laughs> you're, you're really angry. You did. I think at least give you a little fiddle. Did you? Oh, well, more podcast content than I might edit out. <laughs> no, this is our relationship. I can't edit it out. <laughs> That's the reality. Oh, yeah, there's lots of men. We've got lots of little tiny bottles of alcohol. Oh, on that plane, yeah. 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 Bit of tiny bottles of alcohol and fiddling under blankets. <laughs> 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 See, fiddling under the baby. What, fiddling under blankets? Yeah, I could, you know. Well, she, she was asleep on the plane, so a fiddle on the plane. It just feels weird. It does feel weird. It was, it was like your birthday blowjob, wasn't it? You didn't like her watching Miss Turner away. Yeah. Well, not that she can see that far. Like, oh, ideally, I'd have just put her in another room, but you can't really do that. Yeah, the truth of, like, trying to have sex with a, with a newborn is, is incredibly hard, because, like, they're not meant to be in another room from you. And realistically, you're actually meant to be able to see them the whole time. So, oh yeah, they get all clear on the old van. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. Don't know how we're gonna solve that one. That's what I'm set for the next few months. No, I think we'll just make it that you're the one facing her all the time. <laughs> okay. Because you're not as weirded out by this as I am. I am weirded out by it, but I just You don't seem as weirded out. I just got, I just accepted it. I said, if you want to have sex, it's going to be how it happens. Fair enough. Yeah, we could have said, let's just not have sex until she's sleeping in another room. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that maybe until she's napping in another room. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, if you want to. No, I'm joking. We'll we'll work this one out. I mean, there are many 
There are many like tribes and people whereby they all share one room effectively and they have continuing sex until, you know, even when the kids are cognizant of what's going on. That's all weirded out by. Oh, that's 100% weird. But I'm just saying that it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a damaging thing, but it still just seems a bit weird. I guess my worry is people go, what's your first memory? And it's like... Oh, it's going to be almost shagging. so shagging. Well, that's, might be. Because well, you wouldn't be aware of what it was at the time, so I don't think it didn't print on its, your brain that much. Exciting discussions today, eh? Rose-tinted past and intimacy. <laughs> we had a nice little cuddle for a minute this morning, didn't we? We did, yeah. Yeah, you were spooning me and I was cuddling into the moon bean. It was nice. She's very awake at home. doesn't want to sleep after No. Well, that's, that's not, not bad, bad, though, because it's hopefully so she tires herself out a lot for tonight. Yeah. Especially <laughs> given that next is a bath. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby, bath time. Wash all your creases out. <laughs> so, okay, we're now on to highs, lows, and funnies, and we're starting with today's funny. Um, well, that's such a funny. So things, me telling it is not going to sound as funny, but anyway, I just finished giving her a feed and she'd fallen asleep. At some point. She, was, she was sleeping on my boob, she likes to use those pillows sometimes. She was on my bare boob, and I was snuggling into her. And suddenly she sort of like sort of like starts snorting, like snorting, snoring <laughs> against my boob, but like, like that. But then as she did it, she'd fart at the same time. So she'd go for like a good sort of few minutes, which I thoroughly enjoyed. That was really funny, and I tried to record it, but that's obviously seems a bit thrown out. She is really farty though. She is. She's definitely enjoying sticking her tongue out. She? Is it when I'm feeding her? Yeah, that's my funny. I enjoyed it. I think it was funny. I think it's funny. Thanks. <laughs> we'll play one like a, like a fake laugh. Get laughing tracks involved. Yeah. So what's your high and your low? My low, your birthday night. That sounds really sad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'd gone to my mum's with Moonbeam. I had a good day and everything, and then we got to my mum's, and I think, because of all the stimulus of, like, all the family being around, like, my mum was like, Pops, there, my sister, she's getting lots of cuddles from all the family, and there's dogs there, she wasn't really sleeping, she got overtired. So then she was feeding, but she then she wasn't falling asleep afterwards, and then she was wanting boob, but then actually when she got on the boob, she wasn't really doing much, and then she wouldn't go to sleep, and just kept going over and over and over, trying to give her a bottle, she wasn't interested in a bottle. So it was just a bit of a rough night. And eventually she got to sleep, so she fell asleep in a weird position on me. I sort of left her there, and then she woke up again after five hours, and then we had to go through the whole palaver of feeding and then not sleeping, and then she found the other boob and not wanting to do it, and I've been like, ah, ah. I said, yeah, it wasn't a very restful night. And, well, also, and also because my nipples was quite sore, I got told to try and air them out, so I was getting bra free for the first time. <laughs> And obviously my boobs are just dripping all over the place. And so I had her crying and my boobs dribbling. I woke up in the morning. Not really, didn't really wake up. Left, got out of bed in the morning. And like, my pyjama top was all like covered in dribble marks. The bed was covered in all these little dribble patches. There was a bed sheet and like the duvet cover and stuff. She was like half damp all over her head. 
You don't mean dribble as in her, you mean as in booby dribble. Booby dribble. Milky. Milky there. Tit secretion. Yeah. So when I said mum was like looking at him, looking at me and I was like, okay. She was like, how'd you like? I was like, it's not great. So thankfully my mum took her for like 15, 20 minutes. I could go in a shower and get myself a little bit clean. Have a coffee. And then back with the tit. Back on the booby. Everything. You always feel well after a shower. Yeah. So what was your high? <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's been nice she's having it's multiple things. She's having a bit more of a weight time now. She's looking she's being more alert. She's got lots of lots more like sort of like smiles and not sort of giggles but interactions is really nice. And farting. Always farting. farting you may have just heard her farting on the mic. <laughs> so yeah, it's really lovely to sort of see her interact. I've enjoyed that. That's more smiling. Although I'm still not sure what point it becomes real smiles. But I know that she likes a particular chin. That makes sense. That seems to make a smile. Oh. A little rub under her chin. Is this like that? You and the dog. Yeah. You've Maybe gone into can... full lizard mode right now. You're just <laughs> flicking that tongue out. Got a little snake over here. I'm hoping that means her tongue is getting nice and strong and so she's going to get a bit more gentle on my nipples. But you'd say there's definitely been a market increase post-op. Well, tongue, tongue's tie snip. Is it increasing what? Well... Her feeds, you just just in you know the general breastfeeding. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's definitely better. She feeds a lot more strongly, quite a bit. And I now feel confident in the fact that if she's been feeding well for like half an hour, and she's starting to go into her sort of just like I think they call it like fluttering, or like she just sort of like little sucks at the nipple, but isn't actually really swallowing anything by that point. I'm quite com- I'm more confident just taking her off and be like, well, I know she's done enough now. Yeah. She's just fanning around. Like, you know, she's got the switch still? It depends, really, like how recently I've had any other boob. Okay. Most of the time I'll give her the other boob. If, it, if it's just like, if she's recently fed up and as much, you know, I won't bother. Also, I know she's had enough at that point. And if she doesn't say, I'll just whack her in for poos. Go for a quick little stroll. Sleepy bye byes. So, one midwife called it the salad and the chips. When is the salad and when's the chips? In terms of the fatty milk. No, so yeah. The beginning is when it's thinner and it's fattier at the end. And Why so is it thinner at the beginning? Sure, you'd start with the high quality. Yeah, that's what I thought, but that's not what the body thinks. So. Maybe I guess. You want a quick shot of it so the baby knows what it's doing and starts really... Yeah. But no, because often she'll, she'll feed quite strongly. Then towards the end, she'll do like a few sucks and follows and then she'll stop. And she'll do it again. So she'll do that for a while. And then once she's finished that, she do, then she starts doing a little fluttering. So apparently as long as you let her do the sort of sucking and stopping, sucking and stopping, that's generally when she's getting to the fatty stuff. We'd know if she wasn't getting the fatty stuff because her food would go green. Oh, okay. Apparently. But it's still a nice tan, isn't it? You do one a day, 
absolutely fill your nappy. Yeah, she's only one, maybe two, isn't she? She's got lots of poo. Lots of wheeze. Yeah, that's mine. What is your funnies, your highs or lows? So my high, again, probably doesn't sound good, but was my the night that I got without it. <laughs> I want to. I want this to be a high. It's your thirtieth. Um, so that was really nice, being able to to kind of go party and crack on. You know, not have to worry about that. So thank you. My low was probably. I had a day at work where there was a lot going on and I just didn't manage it very well. But, you know, it's my, it my first day back that was busy and I just kept rush, like hurriedly doing things wrong and then having to correct them rather than just, you know, previously I, I like to think I would have been a bit more calm about it done it once and done it right rather than just sort of feeling like I was constantly chasing my own tail the whole day yeah I think that's partly tired that's partly you know the pressure of kind of going away for a month and coming back and also trying to like prove myself a bit at work that day you had your four o'clock coffee that was yeah because I just didn't realize what the time was everything was just getting away from me I was like I need energy and I was like, oh, shit, I've just had a four o'clock coffee. Also, I don't understand the measures for instant coffee. People tend to go for a teaspoon for a mug. Oh, do they? Mm. I go for way more. I didn't know that was... I tend to end up filling it like a tenth full of... Oh, that's a lot, yeah. yeah. I can smell caffeine, usually once I've had instant there's a very specific smell that I get from the days when I used to take pure caffeine powder, the supplement from my protein. I can always tell when I've had a lot of caffeine because I can smell, I get that smell. Funny, like I love coffee, but you definitely have, you definitely are someone who's probably had more coffee, like caffeine actually. Yeah, I hate coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't hate, there are very few coffees. Basically, the coffees that everyone loves, oat milk, flat whites, I'll happily have. Like, I'd say I like it, but I wouldn't say I like coffee. I don't really think oat milk, flat whites, coffee is a fucking milkshake. But <laughs> I view it as you have to like black or a traditional coffee, not this new age oat milk, flat white stuff. That's fine. See you later. No, I know, but I wouldn't say that makes me someone who likes coffee. No, you should always sort of whatever buy it, really. Yeah, I like a black coffee. Exactly. And you can really taste the difference between your coffees, all that sort of stuff. Whereas, like... But I've also worked at it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I've worked in hospitality since I was 16. I've been around a lot of, like, good baristas. I've drunk a lot of good coffee, drunk a lot of bad coffee. You figure out what you like. And if you're a chef, you kind of have to like coffee, really. It's, it's cigarettes, pickle, caffeine. Yeah, but you can like caffeine and you don't have to like coffee. It's true, a lot of my chefs drink, like, energy drinks, Red Bull and And I would probably drink a lot more energy drinks if they didn't have a bit of a taboo to it. Like, I don't feel like you can drink them in a professional services office. I also wouldn't want you to. They're not great for you. 
There are a lot of sugar in. Oh, I, I drink the zero sugar one. But that's the chemicals then, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but that's cancer in 20 years' time. We'll have worked out how to get around it by then. Yeah? Yeah. That's what we've been saying for the last 20 years. I find the smell of energy drinks really weird. There's always a specific smell of energy drink. That I think, if I'm really like, ugh. Yeah. Okay, so then, what's my funny being? Oh, I was trying to think about this. Funny. Funny, funny, funny. From. I enjoy the fact that she's getting a very odd-looking mullet. I think that's quite funny. It's like, it's like a real sort of... I don't know. It's not mod rock, but you know that kind of... It's, it's all spiky round the crown. And then mullet too. Well, it's like someone who's got mullet, but also receding. Yeah. Feel a bit like your uncle. The shaved head mullet. Okay, so you've had your high and low and your phone. You've had them. Had it. Add it. Add it. <laughs> Do you have your. I haven't. You had a poo explosion recently. Oh, I have one, yeah. Like, she, she was in the poo, and I was like, oh, she's really starting to honk. Got her out. I pulled down a little pair of trousers she had and she just fell all the way down the leg. <laughs> all the way down the leg. It pulled all the way out. Which was a delightful. I was also on the phone to a friend at the time. She got a nice commentary the whole way through. It was a good old poo, wasn't it? A filler and spiller. Yeah, there have been times when I haven't realised what the smell is. I'm like, there's some really disgusting smell. <laughs> It smells really fermented. Acidy, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's all it is. It's basically fermented milk, isn't it? Because my my bra, I've had like my my, my breast pad, often smell a bit acidy. So it's like the breast milk going warm, getting a bit off. Like. That's still obviously why you want to have sex. <laughs> this is from Sir Galvan on on the Reddit. <laughs> The day we brought little one home from the hospital, my wife and I were changing his diaper. We were holding his legs up to clean his butt. He's crying as newborns do when being changed, but suddenly he started crying louder. We looked over and he's peeing in his own face. My wife and I felt horrible and immediately started an impromptu bath, wiping him down with soapy water. We had our first paediatrician the next day and we asked if he's had anything to worry about. The paediatrician said, nah, it's fine. Pierce sterile, and it's going to happen a lot. <laughs> We've since taken measures to keep him from peeing in his face or our faces, but it was one hell of a first day. Hey, you peed in your dad's mouth, didn't you? Me? No, was it Finn? It wouldn't have been me. I don't think I got that much projectile. What was the story? I think one of you. Was it my dad? I thought it was someone else that got peed in his mouth. someone else. Anyway, someone else had a similar story where they... Held the baby, baby up, up when they were naked, baby. trying to chat to it, and then it just started weighing. Alrighty, Alrighty. bye. bye. <laughs> All right, let's get you in the bath. Hi, my lovelies. Thank you for listening. Can you please like, review, and subscribe to our podcast?